This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B-Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Castbox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com. This week we are dissecting 1981's Home Sweet Home, directed by Nettie Pena. But first, our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Um, I went to a pop punk show this week, and as I text B while I was there and informed her that I was so old, because I was easily top three oldest persons in the room, uh, one of the only people with a beer and a beard, uh, the only other person that had a beard was the lead singer of the very last band that played, so the oldest band. Uh, and at one point I was just standing there minding my own business and they started a circle pit and a kid tried to run up on me and jump on me and he gave me a look and I just shook my head no and he went the other direction. <laughs> so that was a real uh, interesting experience for me. Um, Ryan's trying to tell me that beards are out. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I was I, I shared this story with another friend and they're like, well, beards are out. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's cool to be like clean shaven again. I was like, fuck, dude, my beard's really nice and I look like a baby when I'm clean shaven. So I don't think I'm going back to beardless. Yeah. I mean, in my picture, so I shaved. I had a Britney moment after the divorce <laughs> and I shaved my beard. Yeah, he just showed up to my house and I haven't seen his face since actually right before he got married. Yeah. He shaved right before the wedding. Uh-huh. Not, not even right before. It was like months before because I had like, I had a small beard for the wedding. Yeah. Um. So it it's been four, three years, three years. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And uh. I took. I had to go get my license renewed. <laughs> and so in the picture, I have no beard, and I look like a convict. Actually. <laughs> uh. I, it's like a very light five five o'clock shadow, and it had been pouring rain outside. So yeah. Uh, I looked, yeah, that's I a, look also good. a whole story. Yeah. He decided to get his ID like on a Saturday before yep. an event that he had that he needed an ID for. Yeah, we went to Capital Brewfest and I knew my ID. Motherfuckers, I get to the Capital Brewfest, didn't even ID me. I was so mad. I was like, I went, woke my ass up, dragged my ass to DMV, waited in the pouring rain for two hours outside, got my ID without my beard. And then I get there, and all they do were like, they check my ticket, and that was it. And I was like, so even without my beard, I look 21. Cool. Good to know, but bummer, yeah. because now I've gone, I have no IDs with my beard. And I even, like, it's not a huge problem, but I have had a couple people, like, look at the ID and, like, 
this doesn't look like you. I'm like, yeah, no shit. There's a beard in that picture. And I'm also not wearing my glasses. So, uh, yeah, IDs are tricky. I are. just now have an, a picture ID that actually matches what I currently look like. Yeah, they're weird like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my, oh, uh, that's what my life update this week was realizing how old I was at 31 at a pop punk He's show. definitely dressed like a hipster grandpa. He's dressed like a hipster from like 10 years ago, which is reflective of the fact that he went to a pop punk show and felt really old. Mm-hmm. And also reflective of the fact that I've been a hipster for like 10 fucking years. But like... You're stuck in the old hipster. Where Would you're... you rather me be one of the new hipsters like you showed me? No. No. Thank you. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I don't. What do you call? Because you're not technically hip anymore. No, it's cyclical. It'll come back and I'll be hip again, like oh, sooner right. or later. Fashion is cyclical. The '90s are still fucking in for some reason, and sooner or later, this mid 2000s hipster look will come back and I'll be fine. There you go. Because it's way better than what they do now, where they're all tucking their shirt into their mom jeans and, like... <laughs> and wearing, like, cheer shoes. Like, they, like, people look... The the male hipsters look oh, like they yeah. should be carrying lunchboxes with them. <laughs> like, I feel like they're going to school in the 50s. They, no, I was going to say, yeah, they look like the nerds in the 50s. Yeah, it's... And uh-huh. I'm like, this is not, not like my thing at all. Like, pants creased down yeah. the middle Mm-mm. and, like, or, yeah, and folded up. I don't know. It's a whole thing. No, um, none of us, I, out of our group of friends, I don't think any of us are particularly fashionable. Um, like, especially not with... I don't care about, like, trends or anything The trends. Like none yeah. of us care about trends. So I think that's the thing is, like, we're all kind of amalgamations of the eras we grew up in and what is comfortable now. So, like, I am very, like, hipster, yes, but also, like, I'm stuck in skinny jeans and that's never going to go away. Like, I'm not into any of this bullshit, like... 90s era jeans that i see people wearing yeah i mean i think pretty much all of us dress the same way we've dressed to an extent since high school pretty much i'd say that's pretty accurate Derek, especially he still wears the shirts he wore in high school so the shirts he owned in high school yeah and he was just gifted by one of his other friends that we grew up with um a bunch of shirts that no longer fit him Like, a bunch of this band we used to all really be into Broadway Calls. He gave our friend Derek, like, 30 Broadway Call shirts. Flash? Yeah. Because they don't fit. And they're all small. But Derek's like, they don't fit me either. And I was like, Derek, you can't wear them. And his wife, Gina, was like, no, I'm making, like, a quilt out of them. He's not going to try and wear them. Have you heard of the size medium? (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, Derek's lifestyle. And, like, realistically, like, he doesn't, he's, like, a large now. (laughs) There's no medium for Uh, him. Yeah. Um, But I did feel particularly old after that, especially because the next day, too, I went to work. And, like, of course, my ears were ringing because... (laughs) I wore earplugs most of the time, but there were two songs I took it out for, but that was enough. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, I saw The Lighthouse, so if you're in, like, the um, horror Twitter Twitter sphere or, like, um, aware of, like, that, like, it's very much in the – that and Parasite, I feel like, are all anyone's talking about right now. Um, and so it is uh, Robert Eagers who did The Witch – and it's um, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Literally, the whole movie is carried on the back of these two actors. Um, it is weird. Like, don't get me wrong. It is very bizarre um, in a very different way that The Witch... Like, a lot of people thought The Witch was weird, but I think they thought it was weird because it was just kind of off-putting to have a movie in black and white and spoken in mostly Old English. But, like, other than that... Is that why people don't like that movie? I don't think so. 
I love that movie, but I think that I think that movie okay. people got, were put off by it because it's so different. I was put off by it because people call it the Vavitch. Well, yeah, I I love that he cleared that up on Shockwave. Someone was like, "No, it's the witch." Yeah, <laughs> um, but I also like that. Then he said, "Like, but some of my biggest like supporters are the ones who call it the Vavitch." So I'm not gonna knock it. Yeah. Um, but so this movie is, uh, Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are lighthouse keepers and they're supposed to be there for like, I think it's like three weeks or a month and there's a giant storm that ends up happening. So they're there longer. And it's really about like the decline of Pattinson's sanity. Um, it's very weird. It's a weird movie. Like there's lots of farting and masturbation and, um Wait, and, what yeah there's tons of farting and masturbation <laughs> like in simultaneously it. no um willem dafoe farts a lot and robert pattinson beats off a lot so oh, right. yeah uh also though you can start to see that like pattinson's starting to get in like batman shape because there's a couple scenes where his shirt's off but he's still wearing like his suspenders and, and he like, doesn't look like sickly anymore no no he looks you're like it's like oh all right. Yeah, that's a good-looking man, um, especially because he's got like he's got Hello, a, like, this man the mustache, can lift but like things. a five o'clock shadow under it. Yeah, he looks really good in this movie, mm. um, and he's got like a Boston accent, mm. like some kind of like some East Coast accent, you know. Um, and then Willem Dafoe plays like literally, like fucking Davy Jones Ghost from SpongeBob, like the most <laughs> the most nautical, wildly crazy man, and like. <clears throat> The he gives these monologues, he should be nominated for an Oscar alone off these mon- monologues because they're incredible. Um, it's one of those movies that you like walk away from it. And you're like, I don't know how to feel about that, and then like a couple days later, you're like, okay, that was really fucking good because you can't stop thinking about it, and you and you like keep thinking about like the. Performances. Is it a horror movie? <sighs> yes, yes, but very again very different like kind of like how the witch is it's not as slow as the witch and it's not as i'd say it has more payoff and it doesn't wait as long to give it to you but it's very lovecraftian and it's very like old school like the if there's an old there's an old very famous novel called the rhyme of the ancient mariner and it's very that draws definitely a lot of inspiration from that um and it's laced like throughout heavily with greek um mythology um but it is it does do some really weird horror stuff in it um and i ended up really enjoying it and then um as i actually watched an actual really old horror movie called the old dark house um which was a universal movie back in the day with um it's 1932 boris karloff stars in it along with a number of other people um but it's basically just uh about this couple that is driving along a road and they like it starts storming and they can't see so they pull off at the first house that they see and this house is it has three people in it and that as the night goes on like another couple ends up there and then there's kind of like this shady kind of mystery backstory to the people who already live there but it's just a really beautiful film i love these old 30s movies just the set design and like the aesthetic and the feel of them i think is something that is really hard to capture anymore um and it's just really silly sometimes because you know these movies from the 30s there's like a girl who falls in love with a man literally overnight he proposes the next day and like there's all this like I mean, kind that, of that was real yeah that's, in that time that's true yeah. um but it's really good it's on shutter if you guys have shutter um 
and it gets overlooked a lot because it's not like one of the universal monster movies but it mm-hmm. is an old universal horror movie and it's just um it's james whale he directed frankenstein and bride frankenstein so he's like a very um veteran like horror director he was one of the biggest from that era and it's just really masterfully done one of those ones that you just watch and it feels like feels like the best kind of movies when like a stage play comes to life um hour and 12 minutes that's my kind of runtime yeah no it's and it's just really fun it's like uh lots of chewing the scenery and like really over the top like acting and melodrama but all laced in like this really romantic era um like horror movie feel and boris karloff is genuinely like super creepy in it um he plays like the manservant um but yeah, check it out. It's again, I think like these movies, the, the Universal Monster movies obviously always get like some sort of credit, but like a lot of these movies kind of fall by the wayside. And um, thankfully, Shutter has them, so make sure you check it out while it's still on there. Also, I'm drinking rose wine out of a can. That's where my life's at. B, what did you watch this week? I watch a lot of stuff. B watched a lot of stuff. She watched Jerry Maguire. I love that movie. By the way. Um, I watched Jerry Maguire for the first time. Um, I liked it. My least favorite part about the movie was the romance plot that I, it's the most iconic and I, I mean, I know that scene very well. Um, so maybe that was part of the problem, but I, I didn't care for that storyline. I really enjoyed the storyline about his work and that whole scenario. The love part, not so much. I just felt like the payoff at the end didn't really make any sense. But that's okay. It was still a good movie. Those are my thoughts. Those are my really delayed thoughts on Jerry Maguire. Um, I watched Spider-Man, the new one, Far From Home. And as a non-comic book person, and I mean, I've seen, I think, all of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, mostly no i mean i'm missing a couple of the newer ones but like i've seen almost all of them yeah I've seen all the older ones i haven't seen captain marvel i yeah, think that's, that's only one other the only one. ones i think that is the only one now um anywho i like them but i'm not like a fanatic and i definitely i mean granted for nostalgia reasons probably purely huge fan of the toby mcguire spider-man movies i love those movies i watched them like over and over and over when i was younger um, I don't really care for the Andrew Garfield ones. I've only seen them like once when they came out. Um, and then the new, Sp- what was the first one? Spider-Man Homecoming? Yep. Um, I liked it, but it definitely wasn't like something that got me super excited. And this one I really liked. Um, I like am officially sold on this like Spider-Man universe and storyline. It's really fun. And the way it ties in with the Avengers is smart. And they're kind of like stepping away from that and letting Spider-Man be Spider-Man, which I think is why everybody loves him because he's really just a kid that happened to stumble upon powers. Um, And I think I enjoy that side of it more than like, oh yeah, I'm this like kid saying quips next to all these other like super badass superheroes and gods and Mm. i don't know that's just less fun for me anywho uh we really liked it and i'm super excited that they worked out whatever drama that was because i love how it ended 
Um, yeah. And so yeah. I'm s- like stoked to see what the next movie is going to be. Um, actually got me excited, which I haven't really been that excited for a lot of these movies yeah. as of late because I just get like fatigue of like having to keep up. Like it feels like a responsibility to have to like watch all these films. Like it's great that if you really like something, you have a bunch of it. Like I'm never going to complain about that. But sometimes when it's a really diverse universe like this one, a bunch of different characters and directors and styles, like I can go, well, I'm not super interested in that one, but I feel like I have to watch it. Um, I'm kind of like a little revitalized now that the sort of first big Marvel chapter's over. Yes, yeah, I agree. And we're going to start with some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, just some new interest. Um, and then I've basically just been like, we were dying for Disney Plus in my household. My husband and I yeah. basically agree on watching, like, comedies and, like, family-friendly movies um, and some action. Um, like, some horror and some action we can translate. Like, he loves horror comedies and he likes some slashers um and then i like some action movies but like i like the more fun comedic ones and he watches a lot of the dramatic ones that i don't have any interest in watching um so we have just been combing through all of our streaming to try and find things to watch because we've been home um together a lot because he works seasonally so he's pretty much we're just home all day together with nothing to do (laughs) Um, so we're dying for Disney Plus for things to watch, but we've been coming through stuff. So we watched The Spy Who Dumped Me, which I remember when this came out, I was like, oh my God, this movie looks really bad. It's like Mila Kunis and, and Kate, Kate McKinnon, McKinnon yeah. from SNL. And I just had zero Justin interest. Thoreau, yeah, yeah, Justin Theroux. Um, I just had zero interest in watching it. I don't, I can't specifically remember why it must have been like the commercial for it or the trailer, but it was a comedy that was something we could agree on. I turned on. It was actually really funny. Yeah, I and liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I think it drags. It does. It's like it hits a part where you think you're like getting resolved and then you get like another probably 35 minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's two hours. That's yeah. too long for a comedy. Way too long for a comedy. Um, it doesn't It doesn't earn that runtime at all. But it's fun um and really funny and those i i really like both of those actresses oh yeah um they're They're the reason the movie works it is it's just their friendship is really funny it is it's really funny it's really endearing it's sweet um and i mean it's super like girl power and all that stuff which is fun um but yeah we had a lot of a lot of potty humor like a ton of like yeah, just like fart jokes and just I just wasn't expecting a few like vagina and like dick jokes and I just kept looking over at Ben and going like, did they really just say that? So a little something in there for everybody. Um, and then I did watch one horror movie miraculously. Um, it's just telling Ryan, it's just hard. It's been hard for me since I got pregnant to really be involved in the genre right now because my anxiety when watching horror movies is just out of control. Um, it has to really be something that's uh, on a lighter note and less serious, or um, which isn't really what's coming out right now. Um, a lot of the films in horror, like Doctor Sleep, for example, are really ingrained in, and like even stuff like 
and I saw we saw us, but like even films like that that are dealing with like families and that's what horror is right now, and I love it. It's so good. I just it's heavy. I can't do yeah. it. It it like breaks me and it causes me a lot of stress. So I'm having to be really like everybody's just vetting stuff for me. I'm like, okay, watch it and tell me if I can watch it. Um, so I watched Crawl, um, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, you know, expecting it to be fun. I wasn't expecting to, like, really love it, and I did. Um, I just thought it was a great, like, mother, mother, um, father-daughter storyline. Mm-hmm. I thought the the action was really good, the suspense of it all. The acting was great. The whole, like, there was no point where I was ever, like, went, this is so ridiculous, this is so... Because it is, like, you know, there's a bunch of... Are they... Alligators. Alligators? Yeah. Or crocodiles? Crocodiles? Look it up. Um, Whatever they are. Gators, right? Alligators. In Florida, right? It's got to be alligators. Alligators. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it's gators in Florida. That's like their thing. So, anywho. Uh, Yeah. It was just a great, suspenseful monster. Yeah, it's a creature feature. Yeah, and we just don't get a ton of them. No. And it was super fun. I knew we'd like it. I knew we would end up both liking it because Alexander Aja did it, and we love Piranha. We're obviously big Piranha fans. Yes. And so I was like, cool, put Aja back in control of a creature feature. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew knew you'd dig it. Yeah, so definitely, like, highly recommend that one. It's just a nice, fun sort of palate cleanser from a lot of, like, the darker horror that's out right now. Um, and then Darkness, I also watched The Impossible, which was, um, God, what year did that come out? Um, it's with Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts. I think Watts was, she was nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if she won for it. Um, but it is about the tsunami that hit, um, Thailand in 2004. Um, it's based on a true story about a family, actually a yeah, 2012. It's like a disaster film. Um, it is a based on a true story of a woman who wrote a book about her experience. Um, and this is the the story of that. It was extremely, extremely dark. Um, and yeah, Aaron always told us to watch it. Uh, yeah, so I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. Like I know Aaron mentioned to watch it. I. I don't really know how I feel about it. I thought it was, I mean, it was incredibly well acted and in some ways an inspirational story because they do survive, but there's so much more of the story that's happening and you're so closely involved with just this specific family that it almost feels like you're missing so much that's going on because they don't address anything besides this family trying to find each other after this disaster. And I don't know if it's because it's a real disaster or what, but it just but it just bothered me that we you'd they'd show you like all of these other things happening and and it just would get kind of glossed over and it was really the heart of the story was really just about this family and it just it felt a little lacking because of that and it felt like they could have used the time a little bit better in the mm-hmm. film because mm-hmm. we'd have like a half hour scene um in in like a certain I don't want to give like too much away for anybody who wants to watch it but there'd be a half hour scene with like two of the characters 
and it really just to be like about those characters talking and like the agony that they're going through and there's a bunch of other stuff going on it's like really pounding into you like how horrific it was for them um (laughs) I was actually watching it and then Ben came to bed and about 10 minutes after he got in bed he was like what the fuck are you watching he's like this movie makes me want to kill myself like this is so depressing why do he just ranted to me like why do people watch this shit this is why this is why people are depressed in the world because they watch stuff like this and then it just makes them sad I'm like it said inspired by the true story of like overcoming um, that sounded inspirational right I didn't expect it to be this heavy and I was like would you like me to turn it off and he said yes and so I woke up and finished it in the morning when he left <laughs> so it's it's really heavy um but I mean really well acted and it's an interesting story you can read about the real family um but yes that's all the million movies I watched I didn't do anything else I got sick and laid around and played Switch and oh, there you go. That's fun. Yeah, working my way through Mario Odyssey for any of the Switch fans out there. Very fun, A plus. Oh, Odyssey, Odyssey, yeah, yeah, it's a great game. Highly recommend. Um, so the movie we are covering this week is pretty much the only other Thanksgiving slasher um, outside of Blood Rage, which we covered last year for Thanksgiving, uh, suggested to us by our listener Classic Material, so thank you. Uh, it is Home Sweet Home from 1981. It's pretty hard to track down. Honestly, we had to watch it on YouTube. Um, it's not, I couldn't even find it on Amazon. Um, our synopsis is, an escaped mental patient steals the station wagon and makes his way to the Bradley's Thanksgiving celebration, where he plans to make them a little less thankful. Uh, release date, 1981. Lol. Why? Because there's no actual, like, <laughs> yeah. specific date. It's literally just the year. It just said 1981. In Mexico, it was released in April, like April 28th, but in the United States, it just said 1981. <laughs> you gotta imagine it had to be close to Thanksgiving. But also really weird that it, I mean, I don't think Mexico has Thanksgiving, though, so it doesn't matter when the yeah. time is. Yeah. Uh, budget? Question mark. Box office? Who knows? <laughs> this is very low budget. This is, I mean, it's actually, I'm a little surprised it's this early in the 80s, to be honest, because a lot Oh, of, I was too. Yeah, because a lot of these slasher movies we saw, like these copycat slasher movies, were like mid to late 80s. This be- one literally came out, they, maybe not even a full year after- you know, Friday the 13th and yeah. Prom Night and so, all of those films. pretty surprising. And it feels very even, like, low budget for early 80s. Um, yeah. Alternatively titled Slasher in the House. I like that one. That's great. It's but very does, to the point. He doesn't go into the house until the very end. Literally the very end of the movie. Most it's, of the time he's outside on the road stalking people out from outside the house. Um, another alternative title is Blood Party. No, Home Sweet. Well, none of these titles are are great for this film. None no. of them accurately describe what happens. Mm-mm. I don't know. It should be called, like, PCP Joe or something. That'd be great. <laughs> P- PCP Joe. <laughs> it should be PCP Jake because it's the body by Jake guy. <laughs> yeah. PCP oh. by Jake. PCP by Jake. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. <laughs> um, The reception... So, obviously, all of this reception is, what do they call it? Post-something. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a word for it when 
they come after the film's release. So it's like us reviewing the film. Um, I will start with our producer, Brennan Klein's thoughts, which we um, feel are very accurate. Um, he said, history hasn't been kind to this one, but it's a fun bonker slasher until the dull as dishwater third act. Yep. Great uh, reveal. Very, very true. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, figures that that's correct. Oh, I think that was my echo. Oh, oh no, that was your echo. Okay. Hold the echo. Oh, no. oh. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, We're talking to all of our devices now. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the consensus. Is like Retro Slasher says the film has heart. It's mindless and confused heart, but the acting is decent. There's a real feeling that the filmmakers were shooting for I something. I liked that because yeah. that did feel like that. You felt like... There are shots that you can tell that... There's purpose behind Yeah, it. there's purpose and like with a bigger budget, it might have done something more. And like the... I will give like um, our... Nettie Pena, like, there were definitely things you could tell, like, she set up shots to be interesting, but they just weren't because, like, obviously, like, lighting and budget and lighting, lighting was, was a huge a issue. huge issue with this film. Um, if you have no budget, it's really hard to do night shots. And the and 80% they, of this movie yeah. takes place at night. Yeah. It, it, the, the quality of the film itself really dips as soon as it gets dark because yep. it's just kind of hard to tell what's going on yep. and... Um, it, the film loses a lot of its footing, mm-hmm. which is rare for a horror movie. Usually once yeah. it gets dark, you're good to go. But Yeah. Uh, one and a half stars <laughs> from Hysteria Lives says that it's bad to its very core, but if you're in the right mood and efficient out of cheese, you might get a few kicks out of this fetid stinker. Critical Condition says it's one cop out after another, which is true um, due to budget, I think. Um, yeah. And then an antagonist who hams it up so badly, you have expect bacon to fly off the screen, which I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I like that line. That's a great line. Um, the poster is um, in typical 80s fashion. We have an illustrated um, poster. I actually really enjoy this poster. Um, it sands the typography choices. Um, but we see um, like the leg, a, a pant leg jean to the left-hand side. Um, of our killer with the hand holding a bloody knife and it's like slashing through the Bradley Manor which is all lit up um, by like the sun setting and like a road going towards it in the top right you have the Bradley's Bradley's won't be leaving home ever home sweet home Um, the typography choices for everything but sweet is what bugs me it's in that sort of like electric which I get because of the tie-in with the music with the whole storyline, but it's uh it's trying to like show like an electric jarred suite. Um, but the way it's applied is really like off-centered and it just doesn't fit. It doesn't quite work. I mean, kudos for not doing like blood drips, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom typography is done in typical uh, movie poster fashion and, and done well. So I have no problem with that. Um, it's, yeah, it's fine. I actually, I mean, the poster makes this seem like a more legitimate slasher than it actually is. Um, so it definitely does it favors. Um, I watched this, so I watched, um, literally 12 minutes of the film in like the morning. I was on the floor with my son playing and I'm like playing with him, like watching the movie and I'm just, like, keep looking up and going, like, what the fuck is happening? And then I just paused it and, like, just texted some of my friends and was like, 
So who wants to come over and watch this movie? Because this is something that needs to be done with other people with around. Yeah. And so... I watched it alone. <laughs> yeah, Ryan watched it alone. I was like, he's like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie. And I'm like, alone? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Have fun. It's definitely not something... I was like, if I'm going to get... Like, I want to watch this the way it needs to be watched. And I yeah, knew. which is funny because Blood Rage is definitely one of those movies, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, other taglines included, be ever so humble, there's no place to hide. This year, it's not the turkey bean car for Thanksgiving. Um... No sequels, but it, it teases one, obviously. Yeah, it's a typical slasher ending where our killer is dead, but not dead. Um, Nettie Pena is a female director, which is cool. Yeah. Um, was 40 when the movie was made. Um, wow, we did a documentary, They're Not Green, in 2009 about wind power. That's a drastic 180 from And this. that's the only other thing that she's at least credited for on IMDb. Wow. Um, and I noted her age only because I thought... A lot of times when you see movies like this or like really low budget films, it's because people are like new in the industry or they're coming up or they're like, you know, PAs and they're like, you know, scrounge up enough friends and connections to put together a film or in film school. And not to say that that wasn't possible. Like I don't, there's not a lot of information about this director out there. Not to say that that's not possible, but at least from what I can tell, she had no like sort of experience that led her to making this film. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought it was interesting to like make, have your film debut and make a movie at 40. That's just not very common. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah. that's really cool. Um, uh, written by Thomas Bush. Uh, this is his only thing that he has ever written. Um, it's weird. It, so Evil Dead 2 came out in 87 and it sounds in IMDb. He's credited as an assistant sound editor. But in the credits for the film, it says, like, in special thanks, like, or in memory of Thomas Bush. Like, he passed. Weird. Um, so I'm not really sure what the story is on that. Because at first I was like, oh, I think maybe he passed away and that's why he hasn't really done anything besides this. But then I saw a credit for Evil Dead 2. So I don't know if it's because there's another guy with the same name or something. Weird. But I can't... Be sure on that knowledge. Either he died in 81 or the last thing he did was to be an assistant sound editor on Evil Dead 2. Weird. We may never know. Uh, Don Edmonds produced. Uh, he also went on to produce True, Man- True Romance, Spare Knuckles, The Night Stalker, which are all pretty well acclaimed. Yeah. Um, and he plays Harold Bradley in this film. Um, so he is also an actor. He's been in other things as well, but... Nothing I pulled out as super noticeable, but um, he does have a few credits. I think like 10 or so. Um, Richard Tufo did the score. Um, Three the Hard Way, Claudine, Demented, To All a Good Night. It was a pretty decent score. Yeah, I um, thought so. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I think these films are all like crime movies, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it did a good job of like building suspense. Mm-hmm. And it definitely felt eighties, like because yeah. uh, it kind of also had that weird like where there were some like weird sound effects that were uh-huh. going on at times. Like, like I'm oh. trying to remember one. We like pointed it out when it was happening. Oh, like it, it made it sound like it was supposed to be like his heartbeat or something. Like it was a weird. So it was a scene towards the end mm-hmm. where he's in the house. 
Um, and we're like, is that supposed to be his heartbeat? Like, it kind of sounded like that was the sound effect, but not really. It was like they were trying to fuck with it or something. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Don Stern was a cinematographer who did a couple other things in the 70s and 80s. And then Nettie Pena also edited the film. So pulled double duty as director and yes. editor of the movie. Uh, the cast is not super noticeable. Jake Steinfeld, um, Steinfeld, sorry, is Jay Jones, who is our uh, antagonist and our killer. Um, he was very famous in the 80s for Body by Jake, which was like a, a fitness program. Um, he was like famously a personal trainer for a lot of actors, including Harrison Ford. Um, this was kind of, I guess, his attempt to break into acting. He won't talk about it. Um, I, I read it. Yeah, that's what I read is yeah. that, yeah. He, like, doesn't talk about this movie in particular. But he um, did go on to be in other things. I definitely thought I, he was, like, so I didn't know anything about him before I watched the movie. And we were watching it, and I was like, why is this guy, like, jacked? Mm-hmm. Like, is he a wrestler? Like, I thought he was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he actually kind of looks like Lou Ferrigno. He does. Yeah. yeah. He looks like Lou Ferrigno. And I was like... It's like, what is happening here? And like, just with like the really curly like haircut and everything, mm-hmm. I was like, this seriously is like a freaking wrestler or something. And they looked it up and they're like, oh, Body by Jake. And like, we were too young for that. Yeah, but I yeah, definitely yeah. have like heard that before, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was like a pretty, pretty big thing in like pop culture at the time to like know about him. And for sure. I think he had infomercials too, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was definitely like one of those <clears> things. Um, but then he's had some minor roles. Um, he, I think he's like a taxi driver in Coming to America. He's in The Money Pit. And then he voices, is a voice actor in Ratatouille. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Vanessa Shaw pops up as Angel Bradley. She's very young in this, but you would recognize her most notably as Allison in Hocus Pocus. So if you were a kid of that era, you very much know who she is. Although she has yet to, I mean, I mean, she doesn't look. I, if I watched this movie and didn't know that, I wouldn't be like, that's Vanessa Shaw from Hocus Pocus. Like, no. No, she's very, she's like eight in this movie. Mm, she's younger than that, Yeah, for sure. she's, she's young. Yeah, she's probably like five. Um, Peter DePaula. Her parents are, I noticed her parents were in the special thanks in the credits, too. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter DePaula is Mistake Bradley. Oh, that's God. what they call him. Um, it's not his name, but you never find out his name. Obviously, Don Edmonds as Harold Bradley. Um, Charles Hoyes as Wayne, who's one of our only actors who actually went on. He's been on. in a ton of stuff. He was a bit, he's a bit player yeah. in everything. Uh-huh. So Field of Dreams, Space Jam, Southpaw. He has over 65 credits on IMDb. Yeah. So he's a bit player in everything. Um, none of these people are really notable outside None of, of these, yeah. I mean, they don't have any of these people. don't even have images on IMDb. We'll just, you know, give them credits, uh, talk through them quickly. Um, David Nokia Scott, Leah Naren as Gail, Lisa Rodriguez as Maria, which, side note, I watched this movie with somebody who speaks Spanish, and Maria is the character who speaks, um, well, she's supposed to be speaking Spanish in the film. I'd be curious if anybody else who speaks Spanish also watched this movie and thinks that she doesn't speak Spanish because I don't, did Gina say like it's just Gina's like, like what none of these words make sense she's just saying like so in the part where she he like spills something yeah, on her yeah, yeah. she's saying broken I guess so the word she's saying and she's like I'm broken I'm broken 
when he spit like over and over. She's like, broken, that's not the right word. What is she saying? This woman does not speak Spanish, but the character herself is like, doesn't speak English. Um, and then everything she said, Gina's like, she's speaking Spanish like a white person who's in Mexico and knows like, take me to Albano. Like, that's how she was speaking. May, so well, she's pretty stereotypical. No, she was, so, yeah. I mean, ugh, it was rough. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, what is going on? I tried to look up. There's literally no information about her. She's in only one other movie about, like, prostitutes getting killed by people. Like, a, a horror movie about prostitutes getting killed. And that's it. So, anywho. Um, Colette Trigg as Jennifer, who is our final girl. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Sally Young as Linda. Jay Kelly as Officer Jim. R. Fouts as Officer Tom. Um, Victor Paddock plays our poor, poor first victim. You want a beer? Oh. Uh, Rochelle Constantin as old woman and Anne Cribs as witness. Um, oh, on the street. Yeah. 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 The car crash. <laughs> I got a picture of my dog sleeping. It was really cute. Um, classify it subgenre. I don't fucking know. Sure. Uh, holiday slasher, I guess. I know. I was trying to think. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I can't think of a subgenre that's um, mm-hmm. appropriate for this. Mm-mm. Nothing it, like mental patient. There's just uh, there's a lot going on, so none. It's a slasher. Yep, it's, I mean it is a slasher. That's as accurate I think as we can get. Um, <laughs> our killer is, you know, Jay Jones, who is a escaped mental patient who's on PCP. Yeah. Uh, no motive other than he He's... is on PCP, and yeah. he really enjoys murdering people. <laughs> he just thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, he laughs like, a lot. Manically yeah. laughs at yeah. killing people. And... Um, so motive, none. Backstory, escaped a mental asylum, killed yeah. someone there. Um, that's our backstory. Yeah. The no. movie literally starts with him pulling a guy out of a car and murdering him and stealing a station wagon. Well, it's, I was super confused. I thought I got started into the movie, like, at a weird spot. It feels like it spot. does start, like, 15 minutes in or yeah, something. Yeah, but it's... There's no credits, nothing. No, it's because there's, like, a radio, mm-hmm. like, telling you what happened, like, from this very second the movie starts. And I'm like, oh, it takes you a second to go, oh, okay, it's the radio playing it in his car about him. It's a very strange and amazing opening. Um... So, yeah, our killer doesn't really have a persona. No. Nope. This is just sort of, you know, insert random crazy guy to inflict mayhem. Um, you know, there's no iconic weapon or outfit or anything like that. He does use a knife a couple times. Um, but most of his kills are related to the fact that he's just crazy and just killing people in any way that he can when he comes across them. They're very stumble kills. Like, oh, I've stumbled upon this person. Yep. Here's something I can kill them with. Yeah. Um, that's that's his MO. Yeah. Um, he does manage to kill ten people though, which is pretty impressive. That is high. Yeah. Uh so like I said, our movie starts out with like this radio announcement of Jay Jones who has escaped the sanitarium. He's considered armed and dangerous. He's also considered um which was my favorite quote from the movie, uh, it says, And he could be on PCP. Okay. <laughs> Um, and that's literally just their way of explaining to us, hey, man, this guy's definitely on PCP. Yeah. And then when they say that, he does some PCP. Or I guess he does. I don't know how you do PCP. He, he takes a... Uh, syringe. And... No, it's not a syringe. It's a... 
It's like an eye drop. Oh, it's a syringe, and then he puts it into his mouth. Oh, is it a syringe? Yeah, yeah I mean, he... he doesn't inject it, no. but he uses, oh, yeah. he uses that to the pull syringe. out yeah. the drug. That is a way. I looked it up. Oh, okay. Ryan and I know nothing about drugs. Yeah, sorry, our drug um, culture. Um, don't like... apologize for not, <laughs> not knowing, knowing anything about drugs. About drugs. Um, we are very innocent, naive to all forms of drugs. Yeah. Um, I always have to look them up and go, oh, is PC... what is PCP again? I always think it's the pipe. Like, not the drug, but, like, in real life. Isn't that, like, a... Fuck, dude, you're asking the wrong... I don't know. I no, don't... but PCP is, like, a material. PVC. I always oh, think it's PVC. A PVC pipe? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people say PCP, and in my head, I just see a plastic pipe. Like, plumbing. Anywho, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Always, I thought they were the same thing when I was younger. So I looked it up. Apparently, smoking it's the most common, but you can also take it... Like, drops? Sure. Uh, so he's driving down the road in L.A., and I think it's L.A. I don't know what the fuck they are. They're in L.A. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he's driving down the road, and this old lady's crossing the street, and she, like, drops something, and it's very obvious that he forgot like, about his first victim. I said that. Oh, his first victim is... The why? guy who offers him a beer. Oh, he's not on the list for some reason. Um, but yeah, he does offer him a beer, and he rips him out of his car and kills him, and then takes a station wagon. First victim. Strangled. Oh, his first name victim. is first victim. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's strangled. Um, then we hear about the sanitarium attendant, and then we see this old lady, and she like drops something. And this is the weirdest scene. He's driving, and it's like flashing back and forth to her and him, like like a, you know, like a comedy almost, where it's like he's approach, he's like encroaching, he's getting closer. She's freaking out. She's like, "Oh no!" She like throws her hands up in the air, like, "Oh no!" And then it does like forty different cuts of like from the front, from the side, from the side, from the other side where like there's laughing. a where there's a witness. Yeah. And she's like the lady on the side of the street is like, Oh my god And then it does this really weird like shudder, like doom, 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 like slows down and doesn't like four shots and then shows nothing and all of a sudden there's just a bunch of blood on the windshield and he's just driving down the road. He's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And then the, our ti- that's when our titles roll, by the yeah, way. It's like, he's like, home sweet home. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was part of what I was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is insane. Yeah. And I love it. No, it's that so scene good. is great. Yeah. Um, because Both it's, of those were super it, good. It was yeah. a great way to like get you into the movie and to be like, all right, this is, I know what we're doing. This is crazy guy runs runs into and over people. And that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then, and then we get introduced to the Bradleys. Yeah. Then we get introduced to the Bradleys, and so um, the Bradleys don't have a mansion. It's like a ranch house. It's a ranch. Yeah. Um, it's and, a California ranch. Yeah. For those of you not from this state. And so they like live out, um, like they live like off the beaten path, and they're, that like, nobody can find apparently. Yeah, and it's Thanksgiving, so um, Harold lives there with his wife or his girlfriend. I think, and then their son, um, Mistake. Um, and then he has, like, tenants, too. That's Scott, and he brings his girlfriend, Jennifer. Um, and then Angel is also Harold's daughter. Um, and then there's t- another couple there. I think that's Gail and... No, that's Maria. Yeah. Gail is one of the friends. Um, Gail is... Gail and Linda were the ones in the car. Right, Maria's the one that is girlfriends with Wayne. Um, yeah, so... Um, it's really confusing. Like, some people are the Bradleys, some people are the tenants. Or yeah, he rents Scott, out... So he rents tenant. out to Wayne and to, and to Scott. Scott, and then they bring their girlfriends. Yeah. And then Harold is there with his girlfriend, who is 
Maria, I think, or Linda? No, Maria is the woman who is stereotypical and does not speak. Oh yeah. So English. then his, I think his girlfriend is either Gail or Linda, and then the other one is just like another random tenant. Um, and then I don't know. There's a lot of people. It there. doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. It really, it really does not matter. Um, so they show up, and this is like where we get our gratuitous boob scene. Oh my god. So my two. I think both of my favorite lines are from this part. It is like morning, right? Let's assume it's it's morning or like early afternoon or like early, yeah, like early afternoon, like noon. I'll give them noon. Yeah. There noon are at the latest. two people, couples, simultaneously like trying to have sex just like in the mid-morning well scott and his girlfriend are like trying to have sex in the front seat of their car yes which nobody wants to do that no you're about to get to the house where your apartment is can't you have sex in your apartment apparently not and then um the freaking harold is in there with his girlfriend and (laughs) they're trying to have sex all while we get introduced to mistake who, Mistake is a kiss soldier from the 80s. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know that when I was watching it, and we thought he was a mime. He does look like a mime, especially because for a while he doesn't really talk. He just plays guitar. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a kiss soldier. He's obsessed with kiss and, like, a, like that kind of, like, power rock. Yeah. So he carries a guitar with him the whole movie and just plays, like, licks from it. Like, he'll be like, I mean, the whole movie, he's just like, you want me to play you a song? Bwink, 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 bwink. And that's it. And it's very odd. And it's a weird choice. And he's also a magician. Um, he's, yeah. like, really good at sleight of hand. <laughs> I, kept jo- I kept joking that um, Derek was saying that this movie was made to showcase his magic skills. And I was like, maybe it's David Copperfield in disguise. Oh, yeah. This in Terror Train yeah. where his, uh, his big slasher hits to try to get his magic out to the world. Yeah. He was actually really good at magic. That's a cool trick that was in oh, the movie. Oh, the ball stuff? Yeah. yeah no, it was cool. Was I agree. Um, but both. <laughs> so they're, you know, so mistake interrupts um, them in the car. And then it's like, oh, this is why, like, I was nervous about bringing you here because they're a little crazy. And mistakes, like, like this is why I didn't bring you out here because look at him. So they kind of, like, start chasing after him. Chase after him into the room um, where the other couple is trying to have sex. As he, he literally, like, kisses her boob. Yep. And says, like, says something about, like, how beautiful she is. And she looks at him and she said, just like God made me. And I died. I think that's exactly at the 12-minute mark where I stopped the movie and was like, I need to do this with other people. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, um, Ryan and I, neither of us are uh, religious people. And I, I got to thinking, like, I wonder if that is, like, some weird turn-on for people who are, like, not just religious, but, like, uber-religious. Like, God is, like, super important to them and something that affects their, like, daily and hourly life. You know, those people? Yeah. Like, by saying, like, oh, just the way God made me. Like, oh, yes, God did make you. Like, make you for me or something. It just felt so weird that you would say something like that during sex. But I'm like, I bet you, if you're, like, really religious, that's, like, a turn-on thing. To talk about God in bed. Okay. I'm betting. I mean, nobody's going to ever tell us. I'm not going to kink shame you. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe. Don't you think? Shoot me a DM if 
talking about the scriptures really gets you off. Um, I think so. Anywho, I laughed. I thought that was hilarious that he's literally has his mouth on her boob. Yeah. And she's like, just like God made me. And mistake runs in on them. And so there's like four people chasing him around. And it turns into like that, like one of those scenes. What's that movie or that show? What was it called? It was a British show. Oh, they run in circles? Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? Um, Something Hill? Something, I don't know. What's it? Benny Hill, yeah. Benny Hill. Um, Benny Hanna. No, Benny Hill. And, I mean, none of this matters. We meet meet all of our characters, and they're all awful stereotypes. I mean, kind of. Like, we have our guy. Our guy, fucking Wayne, is, like, a chauvinist asshole. And Maria is, like, the most, like, stereotypical, like, Latina woman in the entire world. Like, offensively so. Yeah, she's, like, offensively Mexican. And they... And he's, like, trying to say, like, oh, give her a deal. Like, she's so hot. And, like, talking about how she's hot like a jalapeno. Mm -hmm. That's the other line Mm -hmm. that I wrote down because I was like, I can't believe you just said that. Um, And he loves her because she's so hot and she does not speak English. And so that is just a twofer for this guy. There's a lot of really disgusting misogynistic characters. Just wait till we meet the cops. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Um, so, like, essentially the plot line is that our killer makes his way out to, like, this trailer, and this family is, like, trying to have Thanksgiving dinner, but the power goes out? No. The, no, they don't have wine. They don't have wine. So the women, like, they send two of the women out to the town to get wine. Um, and when they go out, like, our Jay sees that where they came from, so he starts to investigate and realizes that there's a house out there. Um, and he's the one who kills the power, um, but it's still like the middle of the day, so Harold goes out to fill the generator with gas. Um, and when he does, he finds the station wagon. Um, and while investigating the station wagon, this is where we get like our first kill of this group of people. Um, and his car, the car hood is slammed on his head. Yeah, right. it's pretty intense. Yeah, you don't see anything. Mm-mm. You literally just see him jumping. You see pretty much them. one death in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So he jumps like like a wrestler like body slams onto the hood and then you're just like oh god but then you there's nothing else to see that's it um i i just assume lack of you know oh budget yeah budget to really do show any of the kills or the aftermath yeah Uh, and they spent whatever budget they had on one of the kills later in the movie yeah um we spend most of the night like Here's the thing. Like, this movie has a lot of heart behind it. I do feel like that. I feel like a lot of these people actually acted. I thought Jennifer was a fairly good actress. Yeah. Um, I actually even thought Mistake wasn't that bad. His character is really weird, but he's not, like, a bad actor, per se. No, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the stuff with Jennifer and Scott and, like, with yes. Um, Angel. Yes. Um, like, all that stuff I thought was really good. Like, mm-hmm. he's talking to her, like, oh, wow, you'd be, like, a really good mom and, like, all that stuff. But, like, most of this movie is plodding around in the dark. Like, there is, and, like, it gets, so after the Herald kill, it, it, like, we transition to night, and it gets really hard to see anything if it's not inside of the house. Yeah. So anything taking place outside of the house, which most of our kills do, and then even, like, later in the movie, the kills are happening in the house, but in the dark, so it's so hard to see. But, like, there's no... There's no real character development. We get a little bit, like B was saying, with Jennifer, with our final girl, like, of her and Scott's relationship. And, like, they're obviously, like, thinking about maybe taking it to the next level and, like, something more serious. But um, the rest of the characters are all pretty much just there 
for bodies. Yeah, I mean, so our next because our next kill is Wayne, and he's pissed that the girls aren't back with wine, and Harold's not like the power's not back on, so he's going to leave now to try to. He's like demanding, like there's going to be dinner. Yeah, on he's this like, when table. I get back, dinner on this table. Um, and he gets in the car to like go investigate and like this is one of those moments i was talking about where you can tell like Nettie pena like wanted to construct something good because like you can he's like driving and you can tell there's like a rear view mirror shot but you just can't see anything um but he's garroted from the back of the back seat of the car um so he's killed um he's our next kill uh yeah and he's just he's strangled with a necklace from the back seat of that car um then we have this like really clunky scene with the women yeah they're coming back with the wine and they can't find the house which doesn't really make sense because one of them is harold's girlfriend yeah it's weird and so it's like you don't know where you live you live there like she's not a visitor like the other like gail is or it's like you just never leave (laughs) yeah and so she's like oh we can't get to the house and then they get pulled over by these two cops and the cop, they're like, okay, let's, like, unbutton our shirt and I'm not going to get a ticket, right? That, like, whole movie trope that gets played out all the time. Like, oh, I'm the attractive woman. Let me push out my boobs and I'm not going to get a ticket. Um, it's not how the world works. Not was, that I've ever yeah. tried that, or I, nor would I, but it's never made sense to me in movies. And the both the cops, too, are like... I mean, she calls her boobs, I think, the Wonder Twins at one point. Uh-huh. And then the cops, too, are like, oh, okay, ladies, like, maybe we'll just let you go with a warning this time. Like, I think they learned the lesson right, right? Yeah, and literally have his flashlight, like, on her boobs the, the entire, entire time. time. Yeah. And... And then their plan is so weird. Like, the cops are like, ooh, a couple of women like that. Like, they let them go, and they literally say, like, what if they finish their wine and they can't find their way back to the house? Then we're going to have a real good night. Yeah. And like, okay, so you're going to wait until they're intoxicated and then have sex with them? It's weird. It's really weird. The whole thing is super creepy. Um, everything they said, and then, yeah, they literally have, like, a plan. Like, all right, we're going to let these women go. We're going to hope they're going to drink that wine and then try and drive. Yep. So we can arrest them, take them into, like, our custody, and then, like, fuck them. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucking crazy. And they're, like, laughing about it. Yeah. It's It's a little off-putting for sure it is. they're creeps yeah they're super creepy cops um but before the women can get intoxicated and fall into their um super creepy evil genius plan <laughs> they um, might have been rescued after all yeah they are attacked by our killer jay jones um gail has her head slammed into a rock um i did appreciate that he like literally picks her up and throws her across the car He's a like, wrestler. He, no, he does. That's a wrestling yeah. move. I mean, it's like a gorilla press slam, pretty much. He, like, picks her up and, like, throws her. Yeah, right, so. here with the terminology. I've never seen wrestling. Yeah. Like, only by force. Yeah. And I try and block it out of my memory. But it looks like what Oh, I've, it straight I've up seen. was, like, wrestling. Yeah. Um, well, and this was a really weird shot, too. I don't know if you noticed. Um, when she's on the rock and they actually... It's one of the few times that we actually see blood from one of the kills. It's, like, in stop motion. Yeah. I think it's because they couldn't figure out how to make the blood work. Like, like drip? Yeah, or to like get the effect in there properly. So yeah. they just like, this is how they did so, it. Yeah. I think that's why they have that weird shutter shot 
of the old woman getting hit by a car. Yeah, they just didn't know the logistics. There were, logistics. like, no stunt people. No. There were no special effects people. Like, nothing like that. So her blood dripping down is literally, like, they painted the rock. It's stop motion. Yeah. So it's a little bit, and then it cuts, and then it goes back to it, and you can tell because it's a little... You know, it's not perfect. Right. And then there's a little, there's like another inch of blood. And so it's like, but it is things down. like that that make me give this movie a little more credit because it's obvious, like, that Nettie Pena, it was like, it doesn't feel like a grab. Like, because some of these movies from the 80s, like, especially feel like grabs, you know? They're like, oh, we're going to cash in on this. Oh. But like this, this being so close to those movies and then also doing no. those things like that, it makes me feel like, okay, they were. They had something in mind here, right. but they were obviously very limited with what they could do. Well, yeah. Look at, um, what is that grocery store movie called? Oh, Intruder. Yeah. So look at that film. I think if that didn't have um, the people behind it that it did who mm-hmm. had, like I said, there's no, she had no industry, mm-hmm. at least recorded experience before right. this film. Um, a movie like Intruder, which I think you can say in a very similar line, like budget-wise and logistics-wise, timing, what it was trying to execute. But the difference is, is you had people who had been like buzzing, like young film guys who had yeah, been buzzing, there. yeah, in the industry who were literally just testing out the things that they had learned mm-hmm. in the aspect of a film. Yeah. Where this was really like. I we don't know what we're doing, but we really want to make a movie, um, and so both have a lot of heart. One is just naturally going to be executed better because there's an education behind it. Yeah, um, so we go back to our ranch house. Everyone outside of the ranch house is dead, so we're stuck with. Um, they decide to have dinner. Um, mistake. It's mistake. Maria. Uh, Scott and Jennifer now um, and Angel are all there and so they decide to have dinner and Mistake is like very is like hitting on Maria and they drop something on her I can't tell because the, uh, once again the lighting is just so yeah. bad there's also a fake out early in the movie oh, that like Angel's, Angel's gonna dead, be dead but she's, she's like, ended up just cutting the turkey herself and then eating it like a, it. a yeah. rabid yeah. animal like literally has it in both hands is like <laughs> yeah under the table and they're like Angel yeah honk honk um, so they take, like, uh, Mistake spills on, uh, Maria, and so he takes her to go oh, This get, is like, where a, she says she's broken. Yeah. In and Spanish. She, and he's like, oh, I'll go change your shirt. And, like, at first he, like, very much is like, just come into my room. Come well, into my room. And he spilled on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants her to take her shirt yeah. off. He's like, come to my room. I got a shirt for you. And she's like, no, I'm going to the bathroom. He's like, the bathroom? Just come to my room. And then this part is ridiculous, too. She goes in the bathroom. And she's like, cha- like she's trying to clean it. She takes her shirt off, like it's for so, for so she can be in her bra. And then like it's a weird shot because it's like we see her in the bathroom and we see Mistake in his room. They're right next to each other. And Mistake the whole time is talking. He's like, I got the perfect shirt for you. It's so nice. It's gonna look so good on you. And then um, our killer does go in and and like Maria finds the body of um, I think Linda. Yeah, because she's like got the stab wounds. Um, finds the body, and then our killer comes in, grabs her, takes her, like, hostage, essentially, like, has a knife to her throat. Mistake walks in, and the killer's like, you say anything, I'll I'll kill her. So they're, he's chasing her through the woods, and this part, too, is just so ridiculous. Mistake is chasing after him. He's like, don't do it, don't do it, take me instead. Take me instead. And he's like, what, what, I'll play some music for you. How about that? How about that? I'll write you a song. I'll play some music for you. 
Um, and they get out in the middle of the woods and um, are super maniacal, thinks it's hella funny to kill people. Killer literally just kills her and starts laughing about it. He's like, ah, ha, 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 stabs her like right in the heart, pretty much right between her boobs. Um, and gives chase to mistake. Uh, where this is where the entire budget of the film went, because once he catches up with Mistake, I don't exactly understand what he did here. He, like, over-amplifies his guitar, and we get this, like, very goofy-looking special effect of, like, Mistake's guitar is obviously, like, <laughs> electrified. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Even though it's not hooked up to an amp. Yeah, and it and that is ends up what what kills him is like he's electrified to death and like it's like his his guitar is kind of like lighting up the whole time um it's really goofy and it's funny too because it kind of makes you feel like they made mistake like this character just so they could have this one death in the movie yeah like they imagined this death and they wanted to execute it yeah so they're like yeah we're gonna get this guy and he's gonna be so we'll just make him a kiss soldier and also a magician for some also the magician stuff never comes into play there's never he never does like any cool like i'm gonna trick the killer with some like no it's just to entertain angel with for like a second yeah like okay what is he literally like he hooks up he i think like it's something besides a guitar yeah he like literally grabs like a power line and plugs it into the guitar while mistakes hands are on it and it like overcharges and electrifies him to death yeah um pretty much now this is when the movie really slows down so that kill happens 55 minutes into the film and it doesn't end for another 30 yeah and the the next 30 minutes are literally just like people kind of walking around in the dark trying to figure out where they are and what they're going to do yeah um scott does die eventually like he gets the knife here's the plot here's one of the problems is like scott dies and jennifer fights and like angels involved all this stuff happens but it's just none of it is exciting there's no yeah there's no pace to it there's no upbeat pace to it there's no like it just feels very slow they do they do some weird stuff like jay is chasing jennifer through the house and she just passes out and faints in a room at one point and he's just like kind of looking around trying to find her for a while like it's just very clunky um it 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 truly is like a lot of like people feeling around in the dark trying Mm -hmm. to figure out like where they are and like how they're going to survive um jennifer manages to stab um jay in the back but don't forget he is fueled by pcp so that doesn't matter um eventually though jennifer and angel make it out um and how our movie ends is the cop our two creeper cops have come i know they showed up and i'm like oh no yeah like this is like you're probably better off without these two creepers coming and even this whole scene was it's daytime now but like jay jones is like really taking his time like this is how you can tell it was a an amateur like crew because like and like as far as everything goes because like he's like the cops driving up the driveway super slow he's like really taking his time like just walking across the like driveway keeps tripping over himself to like attack her um it just feels very like slow and plodding and like it's like again this is a weird part it feels like a play where like someone missed their cue so they're like <laughs> stretch it out roll it out like we yeah. gotta get to the part where this happens um the cops shoot our killer with a shotgun though and then once they investigate the body he opens his eyes and that's our stinger and that's well yeah and there's also like a weird part where they're like oh 
Angel ran away. They found her at, like, a gas station, blah, blah, blah. And they told her that, like, we needed to come up here. But then Angel's in the car. It's like, why would you bring the child, like, back to the scene yeah. of the crime? Yeah. I, mean, I was it's... like, wait, why is she in the car? I'm so confused. Um, yeah. The car drives up so slowly. Oh, it's so slow. It's so funny. Yeah. It definitely, that's... Yeah. I mean, that's the movie. That's yeah. essentially... It's goofy. Um, Jennifer's our final girl, and she's fine. She's definitely one of the better actresses in the movie. Yeah. She doesn't have any, like, glaring stereotypes that she's carrying with her, which is nice. But there's not much, I mean, barely any to her. We barely yeah. know anything about her. It's not until, her. like, her becoming kind of, like, motherly over Angel that we get any sort of character development, and it lasts, like, all of ten minutes. Yeah, and it's a little, like, I just hate when this ends up happening. Is that, you know, our final girl, like, fights back, blah, blah, then she, like, runs away, and the payoff comes to two people who enter the scene at the very last second. Um, I just don't like that the cops are the ones who shot him. Um, it should have been her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the, it's the final girl who does it, not the cop. Um, so, and then she, like, goes into hysterics. It's like, um, all right, Sure. Yeah, it's um, it's a typical '80s ending, though. Yeah. Um, I think B and I share our favorite kill, which is yeah, the I mean, only it's kill definitely that really matters. yeah, mistakes kill. Yeah. I I really like the car kill, um, just because I think it's like really batty and hilarious and like over the top and got me excited for the movie when that kill happened. Um, but definitely like the best slasher kill is mm-hmm. mistakes, um, one hundred percent. Um. Yeah, we talked about all of our favorite lines since a lot of, a lot of great dialogue. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's position in the horror landscape is not, it's like pretty non-existent. I, th- I think some people, I don't know if it was like on TV at some point, but I know some people have like childhood memories of watching it. So it must have been on like HBO or something, some TV network at some point. Um, it's kind of only known because it's less known in Blood Rage, which I mean, yeah, definitely. Blood Rage has a much more cult following. It got you know remastered. This is something that has no existence in media. Um, it's like the less known Thanksgiving slasher. That's yeah. that's what it's known out of for. the two. Out of the two, and the Eli like Roth on the Wikipedia, trailer. it literally says other than like other than Blood Rage and the fake trailer for yeah. Thanksgiving from Grindhouse, it's the other Thanksgiving yeah. slasher movie. Yeah. So after this year, we're really stuck. Yeah. Just gotta find, like, food-based slashers, I guess. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and there's that one, what's it called, where they cook, Motel Hell, I think they cook people. Oh, yeah. That's on Prime. I keep walking, I keep walking past it, wanting to watch it. I don't know the right word. My brain doesn't work anymore. You give a child, you give a child, you have a child, you give them everything in your brain and your words. That's, yep. my, that's my life now. Um, we went over our favorite quotes. Like we said, um, it's our 51st film. That's crazy. Um, so if you follow along, um, or if you don't, we keep a list of everything that we watch. If you follow or you don't, I'm going to tell you anyways. Yep. Uh, com slash the dash list. Um, you can find our list there and it, uh, does cover 
again, if you're just listening for the first time, this isn't like a favorites list or anything. It's how well we think the movie succeeds as a slasher. Um, and that's why we cover everything from top to bottom, from like director score, poster, acting, everything, uh, the actual kills. Um, number one is Still My Bloody Valentine from 1981, followed up by Black Christmas and Friday the 13th Part 2. And then at the bottom of our list, April Fool's Day, Girls Night Out, and Cry Wolf. Um, definitely looking at the bottom here. Yeah. Um, it's early, which is part of its detriment, yeah. is that it's... It's obviously hindered by budget, budgetary. And, yeah, so there's only so many. So we have, you know, Rando Killer, which is fine. I mean, we have Rando Killer and Black Christmas, and that's our yeah. second film. You don't always have to have this, like, awesome, fleshed-out killer with... But if you do that like can amplify the movie mm-hmm. um it it has to work for the film i think it works that he's just some random escape yeah convict. it's fine he's... if he had like some you know vendetta against the bradleys or whatever like i guess the theme would make more sense but the point of having them be thanksgiving was just an excuse to have all these people to have like nine in, people there. Yeah, yeah in one space it's just instead of going away for the weekend it was thanksgiving yeah. yeah um so you know it works fine um our final girl is you know the very beginning of what that trope looked like we have the girl yeah. who survives till the end that's about it there's I mean, no she does arc. put there's, up a little fight which she is puts nice. a bit, up a bit of a fight she yeah. protects angel yeah um and you know that's great um but otherwise like slasher formulas and tropes she has no other yeah final girl archetypes it does a lot well as a slasher it just hindered so much by budgetary stuff yeah like, like all these kills would probably be a lot cooler uh-huh. um if they had the... if they were executed the yeah. ideas are there and i like it's a th- it's actually more thematic than you would originally think because like I've been saying the whole time, it's he's a killer who I happen upon this situation and I'm going to kill them because that's what I do. I kill people. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have an iconic weapon because his iconic weapon is the situation he's stumbling into. And so that all works really well with his persona and helps like create him as like a defined character. Um, I think it would actually be weirder if he just only killed these people with a knife. Mm-hmm. part of the sort of like i'm fucking crazy and i'm just gonna slam a hood on you as like what makes it fun so yeah the cool the the kills are cool in idea but they lack in execution yeah so because of that i mean i'm of course looking right around cheerleader camp yeah um and i think like unfortunately like because of the budget stuff it's not as good because at least yeah. in cheerleader camp, we have a killer with a little more of a motive. Uh-huh. And we do get some, like, cool, like, weird nightmare scenes. And then, like, some of the deaths are decent. Yeah, and I, our final girl has a good story and a good arc. And um, our killer has, I mean, motive. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to the cheerleader camp episode, do not mistake us. We don't like that movie. Mm-mm. It is not for us. No. Um, but... I do have to say, as far as the slasher goes, I do think, like, if this movie had the means to support it, it would be a little higher. Yeah. Um, 
not a lot higher, but like no. because there are a lot actually a lot of parts of it that kind of remind me of Slaughter High, which is you know number forty one on our list. But I think uh, I I mean I think I'm looking at like right under Cheerleader Camp, right above Blood Night. Yeah. I think that works yeah, for me. That works for me. So it's our new I'm number forty five. Hash out that. Home sweet home. We haven't picked a movie for our next one. I thought we did. Maybe we did. I feel like we talked about it on the American Horror Story episode that we picked one. Maybe. I know I mentioned Killer Party, but then I was like, oh, I kind of want to save it because it's like a school movie, so we could use it for like Homecoming. I don't know. Fuck. We'll have to listen to the episode. We'll have to listen to the end of it and find out. I could have swore you said something, but like I said, my brain no longer functions. I know we definitely were like, well, we're doing Black Christmas for Christmas. If it's a slasher. If it's a slasher, right. We gotta watch it first. Yeah, I really want to do um, Silent Night, Deadly Night two. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll we might do that one because I I I haven't seen it and I want to watch it. Yeah, no, I would um, love to do that and probably probably Black Christmas. We just don't yeah. know yet. Um, because we've done the other two so far, so that'd be fun. And I oh yeah, we did. Yeah, and I've enjoyed like we got to go see Happy Death Day in theaters, which was fun, and then yeah. cover it. So. That'd be cool to do. I mean, you know, you know us. We're definitely going to do two Christmas movies for sure. Um, we'll listen to our American Horror Story episode as soon as we're done with this and see if we said something. Yeah. I feel like we did. And I if not, right. yeah. then we will pick something for November, um, which will come out like really close to Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, and do that. And then... If you haven't listened to it, like we mentioned, if you're looking for other kind of Thanksgiving-related movies, um, Blood Rage. uh, Currently our number 34. Yeah. uh, Doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving, but they eat cranberry sauce. And that is... I did not enjoy that movie when I first watched it. It is fantastic with a group of friends. And I don't think I was too kind to it when we did our episode. But I watched it last Thanksgiving. So that was two years in a row. We I watched also that movie. talk about it probably more than almost. And any we other talk movie. about it all the time. And I like, you know, that movie just really—it's got legs. It does. I it agree. It really does. I agree. Yeah. And I don't you know. know. What? We'll probably watch it again this year. I was just thinking, like, after I finish this, I'm like, oh yeah. So when are we gonna watch <laughs> Blood Rage? What is wrong with me? Yeah. No, that's great. I oh. love it. Um, yeah. So we'll let you know as soon as we remember. Um, yeah. And until then. Keep screaming.